This is the Chiefs' official podcast network. Take advantage of the day. When you get an opportunity in this game, you make a play. The playmakers on three. One, two, three. Touchdown, Kansas City. The Chiefs are right in the thick of it, baby. And welcome once again to this edition of Defending the Kingdom. Our Chiefs Podcast Network is brought to you by Kansas City's own 360 Vodka, the official vodka of the Kansas City Chiefs. Get you ready for uh, watch and listen to this game against the Tennessee Titans. 360 Vodka. And so many people have weighed in that are listening to the podcast. Uh, we've heard from the East Coast. I think your guys back in Washington when you played for the Redskins, We've heard from Frederick, Maryland. We've heard the Canadian provinces. We've heard from south of the border. We're headed there next week. So we appreciate all of you in the Chiefs' kingdom listening. We've heard from Richmond, Virginia. Oh. And other, yes, yes, yes. I'm telling you, Richmond, Virginia is weighing in here. But this week, uh, the Chiefs, after their exhilarating victory over the Minnesota Vikings, which felt like two, is like I said on the play-by-play, six and three never felt so good to beat a team like that with six starters out and missing Pat Mahomes. Now it looks like uh, the band will be together for the most part as the Chiefs go to Nashville to take on the Titans. But this podcast is Dealing Barbershop. Mitch Holtis with you, Voice of the Chiefs, by the way, along with Sean Barber, 10-year NFL veteran, a.k.a. the Barbershop, a.k.a. the Shop, a.k.a. Spider-Man. This podcast deals with when does football assimilate baseball? And to me, it is when you close the game. Let's give a shout-out to the 2014 Kansas City Royals. First of all, the first team that made the World Series since 85, and that team made it to me because they could close games, barbershop like no other. Yeah, they had a special triple-headed monster. I think we talked about it the all HDH, the time. HDH, right? HDH, Herrera, Davis, then Holland came in. Uh, once, once we entered a baseball game in the seventh inning um, and we had the lead, it was basically a win. We knew that those three guys was going to come in, uh, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three ball game. Um, and they did it the entire year and then through the postseason. And that, that does have a lot of similarities to a, to a football game. Um, there's a point in the game where um, you get to that seven-minute mark before the end of the game, and there are certain ways that you have to execute on offense, defense, and special teams that you can either shut the door we call it stepping on their jugular, mm. right? Cutting off their air, <laughs> closing the door, or do you leave the door open? Do you leave, do you leave just a crack open so that 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 team you've been having down that you that you have down can actually come back and force you to uh, score one more time or get another first down or make another stop and give themselves a chance to win? Um, the the great teams, the, the the teams that end up, I think, you know, raising trophies. Uh, time and time again, are those that know how to finish and close out close ball games. This is the first quarter of the Defending the Kingdom episode of Closing It, Learning How to Close. As you know, you Defending Kingdom brethren now that have been with us all year, now that we break this down into quarters, uh, the 15 world champion Royals had, they didn't have Holland, but they had Davis. I don't think he gave up a hit all year. But what led me to this topic with you, Barbershop, is the way the Chiefs closed the game last week against the Minnesota Vikings. It was brilliant. I watched this game twice. Usually I don't have time to watch them twice, but I wanted to watch this again 
mainly because of the way the defense. The last two series, let's just set this up again. The Vikings, good team. They could be in the NFC Championship game. Good team. Has a three-point lead and the ball. To your point, you're mm-hmm. going to leave a crack open. There's the crack. Whoops. Shut. Three and out in one minute and 13 seconds. Defended the boot. Defended Cook. Defended Cook. Punt. Um, but then the Chiefs get a 54-yard field goal. But the Vikings have the ball tied. They go yeah. get it. They go get it done. They can win the game. Boom. 47 seconds. Batted down pass. Blown up screen by Dirty Dan Sorensen. Batted down pass. Colin Saunders. Pressure. Uh, Chris Jones, Ogba, and others. And the Chiefs seized the game and finished it against a Viking team that had been finishing early in the year. What did that sequence tell you potentially about the Kansas City Chiefs finishing games? Man, I told you they had the heart of a champion. And uh, that's, the, that's the thing that you hope that this team has been growing toward. You're not, not worrying about wins and losses for the first half of the season, but you want to make sure they're growing and developing into a team that has confidence in one another, trust in one another, and that's coaches and players. Uh, the coaches trust to put a player in a situation that might be tough. Um, the player trusted when the coach puts him in that situation, he's, he, he has the skill to be successful um, in that situation. Um, I think when, when, when most people talk about ball games and you analyze a ball game, everybody says, hey, each ball game has four or five plays that could go either way. And whoever wins those four or five usually wins the ball game. You just rattled off almost nine different plays that had to happen, and the Chiefs excelled and succeeded at nine out of nine to give them chance give themselves a chance to kick a field goal and win the game and close the door. That rarely happens in a football game. The, the, the momentum tilts to one side uh, that drastically over and over and over again, and that, that same team comes up big over and over again. You bring up the uh, – and with three, four field goals in the game, but three closing field goals by Butker, really, one in the second half, the one to tie it from 54, the one to win it from 44 – in difficult conditions. Uh, Dustin Colquitt told me earlier this week, he said, I think it's top three difficult conditions in my 15 years at Arrowhead because of the wind. Really tricky wins. But let's talk about closing the game. And you've been around great kickers. When you look at an Adam Vinatieri in his prime, okay, you look at the great kickers that ever played in the NFL, those were closers. You knew, I don't care if it was a 50, 40, 56, they're going to close it and hit it. He hit four, but three big-time second half, and two when everything's on the line. And I think when you talk about the, the wind and, and Dustin talk, pregame, I mean, I watched a little pregame. He wasn't the most accurate. I mean, it, he was missing a few. He was off to the left, off to the right, you know, um, not really dead center like he usually is on pregame. And to, 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 to make the adjustment of going from pregame, being a little bit off, a little bit not as – you know, not as dead center as you usually are. And then when the pressure's up and his focus gets a laser, a laser focus and he needs to perform at the highest level with all that uh, pressure and anxiety, he comes through not only once, not twice, three, four times in a ball game. I think that's the, that's the sign. That's the mark of a champ. That's the, that's the mark of a true competitor that went with, with all the pressure and everything going on. He's able to just zone it on out, and it becomes just him, the ball, and that field goal, and he, and he drilled him. He did a great job all game. Defenses can close. Kickers can close. Let's don't overlook the snapper, Winchester here in the holder with Colquitt and the protection. It had to happen four times. Yes. Against a pretty good kick-blocking team in Minnesota, but you had everybody had to be on to close it out. Everybody had to be on the same page and do it all right. They did it all 
Right. Yeah. Take, and, you know, people take that for granted, right? The snap, the hole. They, they take all that, you know, and they say, hey, it's all about the kicker. He has to make it. Now, all these other people, the protection, right? The other uh, eight guys up there lining up to protect, to keep the other team from getting it. All of those things have to work in unison for the, just to give the opportunity for that kicker to get the ball up and pass the line of scrimmage. Uh, and then he acts, I mean, he hit that ball so sweet. You just knew it was good right when he left his foot. And then to see the amount of, uh, excitement from the entire team when that, that final field goal went through. <laughs> and our quarterback, Pat Mahomes, jumps <laughs> jumps out there on the field and, and starts joining the celebration. Uh, I mean, that was a big win. That was a big win um, after having two home losses in a row. Um, you know, you, you just felt that the Chiefs needed to kind of kind of climb that mountain and, uh, and overcome some things, um, and they did it. They did it in a big way versus the Minnesota Vikings. And the reason they won that game, they were able to finish, finish, baby. And that's what we're dealing with, finishing games. The great teams in this league just close it out and finish games. That leads us to the next point, the second quarter, dealing with this week's game against the Tennessee Titans. I mean, here they are. Uh, and, and, and interesting, so one of the things we're going to do on the radio pregame, if you listen, I had a chance to talk early this week with Eric Bianami, and I asked him about this topic, mm-hmm. just getting ready for this podcast. Barbershop, his eyes lit up, and he looked like uh, Will Ferrell with, like, the Odin of Fire eyes. <laughs> he goes, and he just took off, Yeah. okay, about closing games. How <laughs> you close games in the league, I thought I struck a nerve, and you know how he is, man, yeah, when man. the nerve gets struck. Uh, the dude's locked on. But I want to talk about this opponent, and it brings up some history here. We'll deal with some history. Uh, in Coach Reed's first year, uh, and one of the things I love was working with you guys on Field Pass too before the game, you and B.J. Kissel. I do a feature now called Story Time. It's like bring in Grandpa and tell a story. <laughs> but the greatest turnaround from one dismal season to the next was Andy Reed's first year here in Kansas City, 2013. Mm-hmm. Chiefs were 2-14. and 14. It was as dark as the darkest night. When Coach was hired, things started to light up a bit at a time, like the movie Pleasantville. You know, people start turning into color every bit. That's the way it was. A 9-0 and start to the next. It was the greatest turnaround in NFL history. It's why San Francisco is doing it now. And they had five wins last year. But it's bringing up that, oh, look at the Chiefs of 13. In the middle of that nine-game streak was a game against the Tennessee Titans. Barbershop, they were tough. But the Chiefs were able to do exactly what we're talking about. That's our second quarter here is dealing with this Titan game, our second quarter on the podcast, Defending the Kingdom. Dealing with the Titans and – what, that's what I learned from Coach Reed, how you close games out in all three phases. Because they did it, special teams that day, offense and defense. Well, you talk about a running back coach. You, you mentioned Coach Bienemy and the fire that jumps into his eye. Um, it, that, that's the nature of the beast when you're the running back coach. Um, you know that when, when you have a league and you're going into the, the, the final minutes of a game, if you can run the ball and keep the clock moving and create a couple first downs, then you get to finish the game with the offense on the field. There is no better – uh, a feeling than to know your position, your position group, your running backs. You know, he's offense coordinator now, but he's by nature a running back. He did so many great years of running the ball, uh, not only in the league, but at the University of Colorado Buffaloes. But uh, when, when you know that one of your guys in that backfield is the guy that toted the rock, when the other team know you was going to run it and you still ran the ball, still grounded three to four yards to carry, and continue to get first down, first downs, taking off that, that last five to six minutes off the clock and able to rise, raise your hand in victory after that game is over. 
you know that you're a better man than that other team. That that, that kind of man to man, there's not that there's not so many scenarios in a football game where you get to go mano a mano. It's just you know uh, you know what we're about to do, and no matter how bad you want to stop us, we're gonna run this ball down your throat and end this game with us on the field. We're not gonna have the defense go back. We're gonna end the game the right way. Scenarios like that is what championship football is all about. And I think Coach Bienemy, Coach Reed, they've seen it enough times to know you have to be able to do that late in the season. You have to be able to run the ball, get tough first downs, no matter if they know you're running or not, and uh, and continue to grind that 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 uh, time of possession away from the other team. Well, and people kid me when I say put the hammer down on the Monday Night Chiefs Kingdom That's exactly show. what it is. Or I start the fourth quarter. I say, you know what time it is in the fourth quarter? It's time to put the hammer down. Exactly. People are going to joke or make fun of it. But honestly, there's a message there because the best teams put the hammer down. Yep. Um, now, let's, let's, let's just deal with reality here. And it goes back with past history with the Tennessee Titans because here comes Derrick Henry mm-hmm. again. And to me, Derrick Henry is the kid. Now, you were always the big kid in junior high, <laughs> No, you? I was you little, were the big kid. Oh, uh, man, I was, I was the runt. little kid. No, I was uh, the runt, man. You were the big kid. The big kid was zits. <laughs> He's got zits and facial hair. He's got body odor. You know what I'm talking about. He, I knew, he, he matured I, too soon. I, I knew a couple of kids that were six foot uh, since the seven, sixth, seventh grade. So I knew a couple of big kids, little overgrown kids. I was I was a little skinny dude, man. I was 5'11", 160 pounds until I graduated high school. You know they give the dude the ball every time. Yes, you do. that's and right. And you jump on him and you try to get in. And, and he you carries grab you for five yards. five yards. He's going to get it again. And uh, I'm telling you, Derrick Henry is the NFL's version. He's 247. Yeah, he's been that way his whole life. He's, he's been a big yeah, – since Alabama, he's been trucking guys and running over them. He don't try to avoid contact. Uh, he's a physical – uh, style runner, uh, and, and to marry him up with a coach uh, like Coach Vrabel, who is a a physical style like like he wants to make the game a line of scrimmage game. It doesn't want to be played on the perimeter. He's not he he's not trying to go out and get himself a a, a fast or a physical receiver. He's not trying to get, have a prolific passer. He wants to hand the ball off to a beast and have him run downhill, power, veer game, uh, off tackle. Um, and, and continue to have, you know, four or five yards in a cloud of dust, picking you up off the ground and tell you we're going to do it again and again and again until late in the game um, you don't want to hit no more. That's that's the mentality of a Tennessee Titans game, and that's the mentality of, uh, of, of their entire team. Well, and let's be honest, uh, some bad history here. Yeah. 2016 regular season, Chiefs get upset. 12-4 and four, Chiefs team lose. 1917 at home to the Titans. Why? Derrick Henry, the big kid's got the ball, and he's going to close it out. Uh, 2017 playoffs, this one gets hard, man. This gets hard for me. This is called steering wheel pounders. I'm at the red light. You're in front of me, but I'm pounding the steering wheel because I'm thinking of the 17 playoffs. Yeah, I think of Jeff Triplett's Mm non-call. I think of Mariota throwing a pass back to himself, but mainly I see Derrick Henry. Fourth quarter, hammer time, taking the game over. Now the Chiefs are going to play him again in Nashville. Here's what I'm talking about. That's, you, you close the game out on this guy. You tackle the big kid. You take your big kids and small kids and tackle him. You close the game on this guy this yeah, time. Yeah, I think, I think the, the scenario is a little bit different now. I think, you know, in, in the history of our, our defense, uh, we've been playing with, uh, with, with tackles that are pass rushers, right? We, 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 we honored and we took, we took a lot of uh, credit with getting to the pass or creating sacks. Now we got – now we got we got we got some studs in the middle now. We got Naughty and Sanders. We got guys that love taking on double teams, love holding the double team, um, and letting the linebackers come and relieving them. Um, you saw you saw how uh, all that penetration 
uh, Derek Nottie had in creating uh, tackles for loss and and, and having uh, having um, a cook going going east and west, not north and south. That's what you talk. You talk about a running back. Um, you get a running back going east and west sideline and sideline. Um, that's going to be a long day for the running back. They always trying to find an avenue or a route to get north and south. Um, our guys, our, our two guys, did a phenomenal job last week, and they're going to have to do a better job this week because the, the focus of this running game is a downhill power game. Um, they're going to they're going to run right at your zero techniques, your one techniques, your three techniques. They're not worrying about getting on the edges as much. Um, they're trying to get to the end zone in, in, in as few yards as possible, and that's going north-south. almost broke out to amen. <laughs> I'm just going to amen, keep preaching, brother, because as fans, we get so caught up in sacks. Yeah. That's how we play fantasy football. We need something, sacks and picks. Give me something. I want a defensive front that will shut down the run and close games. And you know what? They'll get their sacks. They'll come. They'll, they'll come, but close down the run. And the way that defensive group played last week against Dalvin Cook, especially at the end of game, amen and amen. Halftime of this edition of Defending the Kingdom brought to you by 360 Vodka, the official vodka of the Kansas City Chiefs, Kansas City-based uh, 360 Vodka. You know in the NFL you only get 12 minutes. Quick ha- is not college or halftime. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get an orange, you do your thing biologically, and then you get right back on the field. For the Defending the Kingdom podcast, those of you who follow us all year know it's one second. There. Now we go to the third quarter. As the Chiefs get ready to play the Titans, and we're dealing with finishing. When does football assimilate baseball? The good teams finish. You put the closer on the game, game is over. Now I'm going to ask you, I'm leaning on your expertise here, uh, because I'm looking um, for the characteristics of a player who is built or learns to finish in the National Football League. Easier said than done. But when, it, when I say who are the finishers in your 10-year career that come to mind, who comes to mind for you that you played with, and why were they that hey way? Man, first and foremost is Brian Dawkins. Hey, Brian knows, Dawkins. Hey, man, we know he's a Eagles. Hall of Fame guy. We know he's a great man, man of faith, uh, building better men. Uh, he has the Brian Dawkins Foundation, all, all those great things about him. But on the field, he was such an emotional leader. He was such a – a, a, a physical, he led by actions, not by words. It wasn't what came out of his mouth. It was his body language. You never saw him tired or looking tired. I'm sure he was exhausted after all the energy he spent, but you never saw him uh, physically leaning over or lying down or staying on the ground or, or having his head uh, draped, you know, uh, um, looking down at the ground. He was always looking up, expecting our defense to rise up to every occasion and every moment in the fourth quarter. He knew the importance uh, of how to win and finish each play, how to finish each drive, how to finish each game throughout the end of the season. So it starts with the play, right? You want to finish the play. Uh, so he always talked about we play through the echo of the whistle. We don't just play until we think the guy's getting tackled. Mm. We play until not that we first hear the whistle, whistle, but until that whistle blows and there's an echo after the whistle. You want to be the last guy moving. You want to finish with yourself on top of them. You driving that running back back. You never should have to worry about a running back getting away and getting some extra yardage because you pursue and and you hunt as a unit through the echo of the whistle to finish every play. And then when you talk about finishing every drive, the drives that happen in the fourth quarter of a game, when it comes to play scenario, each drive is important. But the end of the drive, right before half, that has like double bonus. We know if you score right before half, that's a double bonus. 
but the last possession of the game. You can either tie the ball game, you can go up, you get to go. For, there's so many scenarios that will influence the, the outcome of that ball game when you're the last person on the field standing and you get to dictate how that game is finished. It's no better experience than that. It's no better, uh, it's, it's, it's no greater ex, uh, emotion that you can have to know that you were on that field and your side of the ball, whether it's special teams, offensive, defense, you finished the game and finished that drive the right way. And you could finish it on offense, too. I think of uh, some examples this year, the 14-yard screen pass against the Ravens. Pat Mahomes is a finisher to me. Yeah. People like, man, 4,000 yards, 5,000 yards, 50 red zone, touchdown, touchdown. He, he has shown me in the NFL in his young career he can finish a game. Ravens this year, 14-yard screen, Darrell Williams, game over, first down, kneel down. The other was the Detroit game. He's got the ball in his hands. We're going to go win the game on the road against a good Detroit defense. He takes it down there and does it. The other example to me are the – you go book at the Super Bowl four Chiefs championship team. Willie Lanier, Bobby yes. Bell, Curly Culp. I'm going uh, Emmett Thomas. There were six Hall of Famers on that team at all three levels. But a Willie Lanier, if you study that cat, he was going to finish the game. I remember the, the Jets at the one-yard line. First and goal at the one, he goes, I saw heads down. I was not going to let them concede. Yes, sir. We, close, we finish it right here. That's what you're talking about, isn't it? I had a chance to actually have dinner with Willie Lanier and Jan Stenerud. And wow. we talked about that experience. And we brought up that exact scenario, that drive. When the Jets got down to the one-yard line and Willie Lanier looked at his teammate and he knew something had to happen. He saw men who were a little bit defeated. They felt sorry for themselves and they thought that they were going to give up a score. And he had to do something. So what he did is took it upon his own shoulders. He said, I took a, I took a gap. I knew that I could jump the count. If I was offsides, it would, it would be a half-yard penalty. But if they fall started, it would cost them five yards, and we would have a better chance. So he said he anticipated the call, he anticipated the count, and he just blitzed the A-gap. And he ended up getting a tackle for loss, which then made it second and four. <laughs> and then the defense gave him a little breath, gave him a little bit of, okay, okay, feeling some excitement. And then they made a great uh, stop uh, on the running back uh, for no gain. And that led to a third down where Bobby Bell actually covered the running back um, um, and Joe Namath couldn't complete the pass. And that was the, the big stand. That was the stand of that game that led to that victory. And he remembers it to this day of, of, of the emotion and the leadership it took for him to, at that, at that one-inch line, to, to draw that line and say, hey, they get no more. They don't get another inch, not another yard. And then from a personal standpoint, um, him invoking enough energy and excitement um, to overcome whatever ailments he had in his body to um, let his will uh, be, be, be what overtook that, that scenario. And that's an amazing um, part of Chiefs history. It's the most forgotten sequence in that run of that entire season to a world championship. You're going, well, wait a minute, dude, you're living in the past. Why are you bringing all that up? Because I saw it last week against the Vikings. I saw it from that defense saying, we're down three, 
punt. We tied it. Now we're you could nope, we're gonna go win That's it. That's right. And to me that was a gigantic step forward for this defense. But we've also brought up how an offense can finish a game. We brought up how special teams can finish a game. Now as we enter the fourth quarter of this podcast, defending the Kingdom episode, when does football assimilate baseball? Closing. It goes to and Coach Reed would get mad at me, I think, for this. <laughs> I think he'd make me wash my mouth out with soap. But the fourth quarter deals with finishing this season. Now, seven games to go in the regular season. We'll yeah. just take it at that. I know, I know. Six of the seven are against the AFC. Four are against the division. Oh. Of the two that are not against the division, here you go, Chiefs Kingdom fans. The last two are against teams with the last two to beat the Chiefs Kingdom in the playoffs. This week against the Titans, 17. Last week against the pay, last one against the last year against the Pats in 18. That's what's in front of you. I know. How do you close this? I, it, it's so tough for me as a player to go against how I was coached, you know, looking at it. There's four quarters. Right now we're in the third quarter of the season. Uh, we took care of business last week, starting 1-0. and It's three more. We have three more games as part of this quarter. We don't look at the fourth quarter game. We're not, we're not looking at those last four quarters yet. Uh, but for this, for this podcast, I will. I, I will allow myself to, to go with out, outside of my comfort zone and look at the entire second half of the season as, as a second half of the season and uh, go against my breaking it down to the quarters. But uh, six or seven teams are all AFC. We know AFC games matter more because it comes to the conference tiebreakers. Uh, only one NFC, uh, NFC team, and that one's against the Bears, and you know that that means a lot to our uh, our players and our coaching staff because of one next. of our own yep. is is sitting over there, and we want we want to make sure that we play play our best um, at Chicago. But then those two teams that we lost to in the playoffs, facing the Patriots and the Titans, and having a sense of revenge and retribution, and and having a little bit of an edge on our shoulder to pay those guys back because they ended our seasons. The last, they they ended our possible run mm. to a Super Bowl was at the hands of the New England Patriots and the Tennessee Titans, and we have a chance this week in their home at the Titans uh, in Nashville to get a little bit of payback, get a little bit of retro, get a get a little bit of that respect back. We're earning it every week. We got we're doing the things we need to do on the practice field, um, as a staff, as an organization, to earn our respect. But it will be nothing. Uh, as a player, as a former player, uh, it would be nothing uh, more sweeter than to get a win versus a team to end your season. And getting guys back, the dynamic of getting guys back. I put it out on Twitter, 137 uh, lost uh, games yeah. from starters combined. That's crazy. Um, and that, that's the equivalent of having no starters for the f- game and a half. And yet you're six and three. But now guys come back. Mm-hmm. So how does this integration work in trying to finish this and close out this week's game? Well, I think the guys that are coming back have to utilize their fresh legs, right? They have, they, mm. they should have a, they, their body should be fresh, no bumps, no bruises. Um, so you, get, you expect those guys to be the, the, the first and second quarter, uh, like throwing gasoline on the fire. <sighs> They, they, they should have some explosion and some, some we said, no, fresh legs, having some rejuvenation and allow the guys that have been doing it since week one uh, um, to, 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 to hold on and continue to just churn, churn, churn and get better. Um, but it, it should add some depth to the ranks. Um, our D-line gets a little bit deeper. Uh, we have some linebackers that are able to rotate around. We have some, some – we've seen – um, 27. We've seen some 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 cornerback plays. Some sure, guys. Fenton. We've yeah. seen some safeties. We've seen the the choo choo number 24. 
um, get some playing time. So we, we have some faith in some guys, some confidence in some guys that if everybody, if, if the starting 11 on both sides just stay healthy, you still have some question marks if, if the backups can even play or not. But we've had to deal with so many, as you, as you recall, a hundred and some missed quarters of football from our starters. We've had to rely through the ranks for them, the guys, to rise up and show they can play at this level, and they've done that over and over again. They've shown they can play at this level, uh, and they have some room for growth, but now we're getting those starters back. So the depth in every room is getting uh, back to where we're uh, hitting on all cylinders, and there's no better time to hit on all cylinders than the second half of the season into the playoffs. So as we close this edition of uh, Defending the Kingdom, we've come to the conclusion you can close a game on offense, you can close a game on defense, and you can close a game on special teams. Here we go, Barbershop. Hey, man, trust and communication. I think that's something the Chiefs has more of that than any other team in the league, and that's why we still every weekend have faith in our team can go out there and get it done versus anybody, any place, anywhere. You want to you cleanse your soul as a fan? You want a little bit of, how do I get ready for the uh, Tennessee Titans game? Hey, tune in to the Defending the Kingdom podcast. Allow us to cleanse your soul, to renew your mind, <laughs> renew your body as you prepare for that, that, that new game that's coming on Sunday, baby. I'm telling you, cold, hot, wet, dry, home, road, seal it, win it, close it. Thanks for listening to the Chiefs' official podcast network. Ten, five, touchdown! Lock it down! And the celebration begins at Arrowhead.